Hi everyone, this is Dr. Brandon Cruz and Dr. Jeremy Boyd here with our Manips and Sips podcast. This is episode two. Um, today's uh, podcast is going to be us kind of talking about why we did our residencies, what we're hoping to get out of them, and what we ended up getting out of them. Um, we also have uh, our Sips component here. Um, I'm drinking a Scotch whiskey blend. Uh, Jeremy's drinking a, uh, a beer. Um, I will let Jeremy talk about that since I know nothing about beer. Hey guys, uh, I'm drinking a Dead Guy Ale from Rogue. Uh, the reason why I picked that was uh, I just recently purchased uh, Rogue uh, equipment uh, and squat rack, which is my first big real purchase for my company, uh, Trifecta Therapeutics. So I thought it was pretty fitting, and uh, I'll pass it back off to Brandon. So I'm drinking uh, Buchanan's Deluxe, uh, aged 12 years. It's a blended scotch whiskey. Um, I'm pretty much drinking this. I was a newly discovered, turned on by my friend, and I will, uh, I guess, pay homage to him being uh, yesterday I was at his gender reveal uh, party. He's actually having a little girl, so congrats to Pete. Um, but... I like this uh, Scotch whiskey. It's uh, you know, pretty smooth going down. I like to uh, put it on ice and a little splash of ginger. Kind of takes the edge off. Um, good drink. Uh, I will um, talk about the differences between Scotch whiskey and bourbon. As uh, a couple years ago, I was down at Louisville, Kentucky um, at uh, AMP conference tour. I actually had to present a, a poster on that one or at that conference, and uh, AOMT had um, a bourbon tour, so I was able to take the bourbon tour, which is pretty fun, but I'll talk about that in a future podcast. Um, today, we'll, uh, I guess, just start our, our show, get into it, uh, and Jeremy, what uh, kind of got you on the path to do a residency? Why, when did you do one after school, how far out, and why did you feel it was beneficial to do one when you did it? Okay, uh, so my big thing was I volunteered and was an aide at a lot of practices by the time I started physical therapy school, and I was I got real blessed and got real lucky uh, that I got my first uh, affiliation with uh, Dr. Terry Andrews. Uh, he owned a place, uh, Egg Harbor Township uh, Physical Therapy and Pain Management, I believe was the name. And uh, so he was the first, like, physical therapist that I met who was an orthopedic clinical specialist. He was a certified orthopedic manual therapist. Uh, and just a different quality care that he gave compared to, at that point, I was probably at maybe 10 different places. Not that I like to bounce around. I just liked seeing different type of therapists and everything. So he just was, he's very in tune with his patients, and they seemed like they got better quicker. Uh, they weren't just, he wasn't just there to put them on heat or anything like that. So he's heavily into manual therapy and then, uh, functional exercise. So, uh, after I did, worked with him my second year of PT school, I figured, I was trying to figure out how to, I get to his level as quickly as I can. Cause I felt so clueless around him and he always said that I was okay. That's to be expected, but I felt almost disappointed that I couldn't be at his level, which you should never feel that way, but that was kind of how it felt for me. I wanted to kind of speed things up, so I looked things up. I looked things up into the OCS, uh, and then I found uh, details about the residency, uh, which then further got enhanced when I went to uh, Natural Student Conclave. I believe that was in Minneapolis, and there was a couple breakout sessions on residencies at the time. 
so following that, uh, I knew I wanted to do some sort of residency and uh, go into it a little bit more. So then if you guys were listening into our first podcast, I was talking about my first original idea of Trifecta. Uh, was to own a place and have three levels and three different specialists. So that's how it kind of came to be. And from one to the other, uh, I just took one residency at Temple. Um, so what I was looking into originally, I graduated in uh, 2013, uh, November, I, and I took that job. It was a little high volume. I didn't know that was going to be the case and then I had to go back to like what I really wanted to do. I was like, you know, Jeremy, you set out a plan to, to start a residency, so let's do it. And I got into a sports clinical residency, but also got accepted uh, to work for a private practice that also um, encouraged or uh, uh, supported doing residencies. And they suggested either doing EIM or Temple's residency. So. Uh, upon looking at things and the best situation for me, and I wanted to kind of go down the route that Terry did more into orthopedics, I decided to go to that private practice company. And what made me choose Temple over EIM was the faculty. Uh, it was also close to where I was, but um, Bill Egan and Heidi and Scott were uh, part of their faculty, and I, I read articles about them and uh, following that I knew that was the place for me and then I talked to Bill on the phone and he, he said some encouraging things and it definitely seemed like the right place for me so about uh, I think I started it about nine months maybe a little bit less after I was a practicing clinician and uh, it was best decision for me that by far um, so we want to talk about your your experience and what made you go through it or yeah, so um, I started, you know, as many uh, PT students, uh, just kind of volunteering. The first person I volunteered under was a gentleman named Rob Manley. Um, he was, uh, you know, great. Just, I'm sure he still is great at what he does. Um, but at the time where I was, um, very smart individual, built great rapport with his patients. I learned a lot from him. Um, then as I was an undergrad at uh, Temple University, I uh, decided to... Uh, dive a little bit more into the field and um, volunteered with uh, some of the sports teams uh, over there. I got in with the trainer. The trainer over there introduced me to the PT that was on staff. Uh, his name was Joel Roth. I'm not sure if he's still there, but he had his OCS at the time, and uh, I was looking at his, you know, just, you know, the letters behind his name, and I was just asking him, you know, what OCS stand for. I had no clue what it was. He, you know, explained to me it's a test you study for and, um, you know, it's just an advancement in the orthopedic realm. Um, you know, there's different uh, board certifications for the different uh, specialties, but it's something he took. He had just taken it. And uh, the reason why I had asked him is because I noticed just a different approach he had, a higher level of thinking um, than some of the other PTs I had uh, experience with prior um, and from that point, I knew I, I, this is where I needed to get to. Um, I just, like I said, saw his clinical reasoning, um, and it was much higher and crisper than um, any other PT I, I was around uh, up to that point, which was quite a few. Um, then going into PT school, 
Um, I was that guy who, who, you know, just wanted to completely dominate PT school, learn as much as I could. I was a kid in the back of the class, um, listening to podcasts and YouTube videos and, um, you know, taking courses. Uh, I read the book, um, Stuart McGill's book at the time, his back performance book, uh, Greg Cook's book. I took Graston and had exposure to ART and I was just going to come out knowing so much, or I thought I was going to come out knowing so much. Um, and like most uh, PTs, um, I was very disappointed in what I was learning in PT school. I didn't think it was applicable. I thought it was outdated. Um, so I knew there was more to this profession. I knew there, there had to be you know, uh, much more we can do, much more we can learn, a better way to treat. Um, so I started looking into residencies. I had stumbled across uh, a girl in my, uh, my first internship. Um, she was actually at NYU's residency. Again, saw her level of reasoning. It was uh, much higher than uh, even the gentleman I spoke to before who had just taken the test. Um, so I started looking at the NYU's, and being that I'm in New Jersey, I thought that would be the one. Um, but uh, University of Medicine Dentistry, where I went to PT school, uh, uniquely had set up at the end of our curriculum, uh, we had a basically a two and a half day uh, modeled, uh, it was called Musculoskeletal 3, but it was kind of modeled after a continuing education course where you had basically two full days of learning um, in that kind of style and, uh, and then a test that day. Um, in that we learned manipulations, CPGs, uh, screening for red flags. Um, and it was just presented in a, in a different light in a way that can be understood and seen and applied. Uh, and it was Bill Egan and Scott Burns who uh, were running uh, Temple's residency program. And uh, we were learning the manips and I'm, uh, I, I got hooked as soon as we started doing them. Uh, I was like, these guys are awesome. They know everything. They know just, I was just, mine was blown. I was completely excited. I was like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a residency. Definitely, you know, residency is what it was. And I, I didn't know they did a residency or had a residency until the uh, last day when they were kind of wrapping up and, and told, you know, said their spiel and what they were offering. Um, and they also talked about a couple other residency programs to look into. So I went up and I talked to Bill and, you know, I was very eager beaver and I was like, I, I really want to do a residency. How can I go about this? And, you know, he told me where to look and then apply if I'm interested. And he kept it real airy and, and light and, uh, you know, no pressure. So uh, I applied, uh, wanted to go right out of school, um, but finances weren't there. You're coming out of school broke and I have no money. Um, and then you have to pay more uh, money for school. So I called Bill and I was like, I don't have the money right now. Do you mind if I wait? So at the time they had a rolling admission where you can do, you know, the summer cohort or the winter cohort. So he just moved and deferred my slot over to uh, the winter cohort, which is probably the best thing I could have done. Uh, he had already recommended, you know, having about a year's experience before going into a residency. That's that way you have uh, something to offer. You, you've you know been around the block at least a little bit. Um, but for me, I, I felt I had between with all my um, what I thought advanced training and time I'd spent volunteering, just kind of be around out of profession. I didn't think I, I needed a year. So that four to five month gap, I think was perfect for me. Uh, like I said, I, I did a residency 
mainly because I wanted to learn how to nip. <laughs> I, I will be honest. Uh, oh, and, and obviously, I still love doing manipulations, a big part of my practice, but I gained so much more out of it. Um, Bill Scott and Heidi really take the time to um, give an accurate depiction of what the profession should be, mm-hmm. what a primary uh, musculoskeletal provider should be able to offer a patient. We dived heavily into the biopsychosocial realm, heavily into pain science, which in, when I first learned it, I had no idea what that shit was. Um, but I you know, took a step back um, and dived into a lot of courses, and I have now learned um, you know, to integrate multiple aspects of our profession. I think too many times of what I'm seeing out there is um, everyone wants to throw the baby out with the uh, bathwater and just kind of really specialize into one thing, um, whether it's movement, whether it's exercises, whether it's pain science, whatever the case may be. Um, I think if you're doing that, you're completely missing the boat on our profession. Uh, not to say anybody's wrong, but you should be able to do all things well. Mm-hmm. To be an expert in orthopedics, um, you need to be able to screen well. Uh, perform manual therapy well, perform exercises well, and whatever other niches you kind of want to go into. But to just kind of hone in on one thing and say you're just going to do movement or not do manual with your patients, you don't touch your patients, um, you know, we have the scope to be able to do everything. Why not use that? And I think it's really learning when and how to use uh, all of the interventions at our disposal is when you really become an expert. And I, I would say Heidi, Scott, and Bill really fostered that in me. And I would say Scott especially. Um, he's a bit of a ball breaker, <laughs> great guy, but I came into residency as a hot shot. Um, I was dry needling everyone. And he basically was like, you need to chill. Um, it's not the end all be all. And you're in this residency kind of take a step back and learn how to do some other things, uh, harness some of the other skill set. Um, so I took his advice, as humbling as that was, and you know, it made me a much better clinician, and he's probably the person I, I think the most and look back to the most as uh, that turning point. So, and then from there, I, I went and took a bunch of other courses, um, or, and now I'm in fellowship, so I've really gone down the rabbit hole. But that was really what I, I got out of it. I really got out to take a step back, question things, appraise things, look for mentorship, look for quality courses. Um, and I'll get to that a little bit. But, um, I don't know, Jeremy, do you have anything to add um, in residency? I have a couple other things I want to talk about. But Yeah, as you were saying, was you have to be kind of an expert in knowing when to apply things. And I think... Um, I mean, you go any physical therapist, any orthopedic physical therapist, a patient who's in pain is going to get better with any therapist, I believe, for the most part. There are some that just don't, you know, maybe not put as much effort into eight to four job from, but even then, I think people will get to the, the classic, I'll get to 70, 80% better. Um, but what I believe the residency did for me, a lot of it was... You know, you're always going to get, like, speed bumps on the road to recovery. Someone's going to have a flare-up. They're not going to get to their goal as quickly as they want to. Uh, So all these sort of things happen, and I think it's being um, how to manage those bumps. And I think that's when I had the most difficulty. I know I remember looking back 
if I look back at all my numbers and productivity and people, I remember I was calling these people like I was evaluating them and they would fall off. Like what happened between the first and the second session was, you know, selling our practice, selling that we can deliver the, the results that people wanted. And when they do have a setback or a speed bump, that's kind of just part of the process is how to manage that. And then overall minimizing that. So if you're set in one way and like, oh, we're just going to do movement, just, all right, well, we're just going to progress the movement. Maybe you took it too far. What's your solution? If I'm just stuck in a movement uh, realm, how am I going to get past this? And missing out on these little things. And I didn't have a real good pain science background before. And that was probably the biggest change for me. I went to just uh, into residency to get like Terry Andrews where I was excellent with my hands, doing manipulations. Uh, and I think that was the biggest uh, change for me was to learn how to discuss things with my clients and everything like that. And now I don't really get any people falling off from me. Uh, they don't like disappear or anything like that. People finish their plan of cares. And I think that's largely due to, to the residency training and everything. So I, that was probably the biggest take home for me. Uh, I remember, you know, every I just went in with an open mind. Uh, I was still kind of the the very baby stages of of practicing, so I was just like, you know what, these guys are awesome and amazing. I was pretty impressed with just like the first talk with everyone. I was like, whatever they tell me, I'm going to just I'm going to listen and I'm going to apply it immediately. They would send an article over, I read it, and I applied it even before we got to a hands-on course. So uh, those that that definitely you know, changed my perspective, and it's definitely changed how things are for me. And uh, same thing as you were discussing before, Brandon. If uh, you know, it's it's tough when you come out of school and you're a lot of us are six figures into debt. Uh, it's like how do I manage? doing the residency and uh, I was in the same boat. I got lucky where I got my job where uh, they offered a, all right, we'll pay for your residency if you if you work uh, for us for a couple of years. So that's something that maybe some of you can negotiate. A lot of people will uh, be up for that if you're willing to work for a couple extra years and that way it's not coming directly out of your pocket. And I had the choice. I didn't have to do that. I could have certainly went somewhere else or done something else. Uh, and I could have worked uh, a side job and worked an inpatient. I had the opportunity to get a high-paying inpatient side job uh, and knocked off some of these loans. But my uh, decision was I really want to invest in my education as early as I can, not just for me, for future career opportunities, but for my patients. I'm seeing so many patients now I want to give them the best care from as soon as I possibly can. I don't want to look back uh, and be like, oh, wow, I totally screwed things up, you know, a year ago. Uh, even though I still do that, I'm like, God, you know, if I look at how I'm evolving, I was like, ah, I probably would have treated that person slightly a little bit different. Maybe that would have shaved off a session or something like that. But um, I decided to really, you know, I want to invest in my education for the better of my patients from day one. And uh, that was the ultimate goal, but that's led to some a lot of opportunities for me. One, uh, doing continuing education with Brandon, uh, now teaching at multiple levels. Uh, so, and then uh, I believe that gave me the big thing of residency is it empowers you as a physical therapist. A lot of times, I think we are 
taken as like the middleman or a secondary healthcare professional. We should just be there to wait for physicians or anything like that. But by the time, especially Heidi, who's I believe like the direct access queen, uh, queen, yeah. Um, and she believed every patient. And if you go into the military model, which I believe Bill, Bill was, was at Baylor, I believe, Baylor. if I'm uh, not mistaken. Um, and I believe in their model, the first person you see when it comes to a musculoskeletal injury is a physical therapist. And then Heidi had like a workman's comp uh, deal where they were direct access. So by the time you were done with them and everything that they taught you, you just felt empowered. And that was the, I always wanted to own my own business, but that definitely threw tons of gasoline on the fire there and got things going. It's like, wow, I can, I can really handle my own business and I can be the one that people need to see and I can be their family physical therapist or their go-to guy. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, everything that Resacine did for me. Yeah, to kind of even take it back, um, another, uh, really, probably 1A or 1B on why I chose uh, Temple's residency was the fact it was a distance-based um, residency. Um, looking at some of the other ones or more the traditional ones, which uh, most of them out there are, it's either a school or hospital-based residency. You're taking a decreased salary, um, working probably 25 hours a week because you have other um, aspects of the residency criteria that you have to fill, whether it's um, rounds, um, meeting with doctors, teaching the entry-level uh, students, um, which is all fine. Um, but I knew for me, I was tired of school. I wanted to continue learning, but kind of in a more self-directed uh, manner. So Temple's program is, and there's a few others out there, we can have probably have another podcast on um, some other residencies and our fellows to take out there, fellowships to take out there. I know at, uh, at Rutgers, I have a course um, or a class dedicated to this that talks about different uh, residencies and the pros and cons. Um, and then it's up to you to kind of figure out what works best for you. But uh, Temple's uh, is distance-based. It allows you to work a full-time uh, schedule. Uh, they send everything or most things through email um, or through the uh, Blackboard that they use. Um, and you have weekly discussions, weekly articles to read, uh, postings, comments, uh, responding to other uh, you know, cohort members, posts. Um, so you're getting that constant mentorship, guidance, bouncing ideas off other clinicians that either have the same amount of experience or more or less or whatever the case may be. And then you meet up for a weekend intensive, um, probably once a month uh, for a total of uh, six times um, through, well, Temple's residency to go over what you went over the previous weeks uh, via online um, and to go over manual techniques. Uh, so this allowed me to work. Everyone's worried about paying back loans. I worked 50 hours a week for my company I was working with previously and probably another 10 to 15 hours personal training on the side. So that's probably 65 hours a week I was working, um, 55 to 65 hours a week I was working uh, on top of another, what would you say, about 10 to 20 hours a week of residency work that they gave you, readings. Yeah, I mean, you get to kind of choose how much you really want to go into it, but I was the geek that uh, read 10 articles a week and was mm-hmm. um, trying to absorb everything I could. So I put the time in. I was putting you know, 70, 80-hour weeks in. I collected a full or beyond a full paycheck, 
and the cost effectiveness um, was only about eight grand. Um, I had money, CEU money from the company I was with, so that was part of it. And then you figure the other part is probably just some uh, courses you would take anyway. But uh, instead of just a course that you take for a weekend, you have to implement on your own, I got mentorship. I had virtual rounds. We would go every other week, talk about different cases. Uh, you had you know four or six people who would give you and bounce ideas off of. The teacher would be there guiding and telling you, you know, their opinion, what the research said, what they've experienced. Um, so you, you really had a full breadth and depth, um, and it gave you mentorship. It gave you eight to ten people's different viewpoints, which is that's how you expedite learning. That's how you get better mentorship, whether it's in PT, whether it's in business, whether it's in life. Um, you know, mentorship is the way to go whether it's in a formal round of a residency or an informal of looking somebody up and asking to be the, you know, them to mentor you, uh, that, is, that is where the, the real knowledge happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned a lot from the virtual rounds and you know, learning from my peers and learning from you know, the teachers. So I would say that was huge comparatively to, uh, compared to um, doing a school or hospital-based uh, residency. Or just taking a course. Yeah, just like, taking you know, a course. Um, there's, it, it's very hard to, uh, and that actually, thanks, Jeremy, for bringing that up. It's very hard to uh, really implement things on a consistent basis. And um, sorry, we just had somebody interrupt us. Very hard to implement things on a consistent basis. Having a mentor um, and someone, can we press pause on this? Yeah. Sorry about the interruption, guys. Um, but I was, as I was saying, um, mentorship uh, is probably the best um, best avenue to go towards it. And what residencies really provide is that constant feedback um, and someone to be a sounding board for you, just to kind of be a checks and balances for you um, every couple weeks, um, or really anytime you needed to. I mean, we had access to our mentors at any, any point in time. We shoot them an email or a text and, and we get on a call. But uh, why that differs from a course, uh, people think you could just go out and take a bunch of courses and, and be okay. Uh, and some people may be, but it's very hard to really implement uh, what you're doing or what you've learned in a two-day course that's jam-packed full of new techniques uh, and, and then take them to the next day and remember the little subtleties that were talked about uh, and have no one to really bounce it off of. And I've seen a lot of people, and it's happened even with some of the courses we've taken as I've followed up some of the people, and they loved the course, they, they learned a lot, and then they kind of weren't really sure. And, and having that person to really bounce an idea off of or a technique off of and practice is where it's, where it's really at. Uh, a lot of people like to follow online mentors and things like that, which some of them are good, but if you ever notice that some mentors, uh, you know, it just feels like it, it's a little empty. Um, it, it's probably because they're going over the same things and there's really no depth to it. True mentorship really dives deep into, uh, you know, the issue at hand. It, it's layering, it's brutal, it's honest. Uh, it requires a lot of self reflection, a lot of self awareness. Um, and being able to kind of take off that uh, protective armor to be 
like Jeremy said, open-minded to whatever critique that's happening. That takes time. You're not going to learn that in a course, especially a course that just teaches you certain techniques. Um, you want courses that really build on each other, develop a thought process, develop that clinical decision-making. That's where it's really at. Uh, and there are courses like that that are out there that do that. Uh, and I know Jeremy was kind of uh, alluding to you know being open, but I'll, I'll pass it off to you, Jer, and um, you know we'll uh, we'll begin to wrap it up there. Yeah, so I couldn't agree more with what you're saying about mentorship. Uh, I was blessed that I had my mentor actually right next to me. He sat less than five feet away from me, Tom Michaels. Uh, he didn't go through a residency, but he's an orthopedic clinical specialist, and that was amazing. It was literally nonstop mentoring for every hour that we overlapped, and that was most of the week. Uh, I can say even a lot of times that, you know, I'd be working with a patient, patient's progressing, doing well, or something like that, and then he would just insert himself and be like, oh, you should do this. Oh, you're totally missing this. And it, sometimes, I'm not going to lie, it, it, it ticked me off a lot of the times, but, you know, sure as hell, most of the time he was, uh, he was right or he sped up the process. Uh, for the clients and I remember so many times I'm like oh, I wish he didn't do that but now looking back at it and, and being mature about things uh, he uh, he definitely helped out so hopefully you're listening in Tom and I do thank you for all those moments where you just kind of stuck in and be like oh you should correct this form and do this or why haven't you looked at that um, but that was a really big piece for me and um, a lot of the times another like humbling experience for me was those as Brandon was mentioning, the, the virtual rounds where we would discuss, you know, a client that we're having, maybe a tricky one or an interesting one, and then having the entire residency team, uh, fellow residents and the faculty listen in and everyone give their two-piece. And I came out thinking, well, I'm a doctor. I got, you know, a good couple of years of musculoskeletal. I did an ortho and sports of fill. I should, you know, I know the bread and butter of physical therapy and you know, a lot of times, and I'm pretty sure, uh, was it Scott, uh, he, uh, he uh, chewed me up pretty good uh, for one, one of my final presentations. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Right? Yeah, remember you were like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, the final presentation. We can go out and enjoy ourselves yeah. a little bit. We're done with the residency after tomorrow, at least the, the semester. I was like, oh, okay. And then I came in, and uh, Scott was my advisor, and he proofread my presentation. And I get up there, and Brandon and another friend of ours, Cheryl, uh, they, they deliver rock star presentations. I'm like, oh, God. And I get up there. It was doing all right, but the first person who started asking me questions and started grilling me was my own advisor, Scott. And it was so humbling. Uh, and he really, it really made me think, I'm like, wow, I, I really don't know anything. And maybe I did lead this patient down the wrong way. Or I, I it was a patient with, uh, who I thought had complex regional pain syndrome. I was convinced. Uh, I was, I looked up the Budapest rules and everything like that. I was sold on that. And, uh, by the time the Q and A ended, I was just like, I don't know what this patient has and what was I doing? And they were able to. Uh, talk to me and give me better guidance for not only that patient but future patients. So, uh, real humbling experience, uh, and it made me think uh, that I don't know everything and I can't kid myself. 
Uh, and that was probably the biggest thing I gained from PT, and there's always so much to learn from it. So um, that's probably the last thing I need to say about yeah, that. Yeah, and, and just to uh, say what you're saying, I think Scott did this very well. Mm-hmm. Um, making Questioning you and your thought process, which made you think, and if you couldn't come up with an answer... You probably had a flawed thought. I, I, I think he was one of the best at, at really just not belittling you or anything like that, but just questioning you. And when you realize, well, maybe I didn't know what I, oh, I thought I knew, that right there was the learning uh, purpose, uh, the learning moment, moment I should say. Um, and, and just to wrap up, um, you know, that's how you expedite the learning process through mentorship. Uh, there's a quote by Jeffrey Maitland, who, and uh, he's one of the forefathers of physical therapy and manual therapy specifically. He says, um, there are clinicians who work 30 years and only have about one year of experience. And there could be a clinician who works one year and has about 30 years of experience. Uh, and Jeremy, you and I have talked about this before, investing early. Um, that goes beyond our, you know, your profession. Uh, think of your profession and think of yourself, whether you're, you know, you're doing a self-development or trying to advance your career. Uh, it's like compounding interest. You invest early and often and down the line that will pay off. It may not pay off right away, but you're, it's compounding interest in yourself. Um, and then I believe, uh, Eli Musk, Elon Musk and a couple other of the, um, you know, self-development guys or, or the gurus out there who, who are doing big things in life. Uh, if you're trying to expedite and do things faster, um, there's no shortcut. You got to put the time in. But if the person next to you is putting out a 40-hour work weekend and you're putting an 80-hour work weekend, what they it took them a year to accomplish will take you six months. What takes them two years will take you one year. What takes them four years will take you two years. And so on and so forth. So put the time in, work hard, invest in yourself early, uh, and you'll be all right. Couldn't say it better myself. And then so. not really much else to say. I all right. Guess with that, we'll wrap it up. We're on our uh, third drinks here. So before things get a little sloppy, uh, I guess we'll end it. That's the uh, end of uh, Manips and Sips Podcast 2. And stay tuned next week for our next topic. Yeah, and if anyone, again, has any questions, feel free to uh, message our Facebook group of Manips and Sips. Uh, We also have an Instagram. Uh, These podcasts should go up live to all uh, podcasts, including Apple. Uh, And then you can find us at uh, me personally, The Decent Doctors, my personal uh, Instagram, and my company's Trifecta Therapeutics. And Brandon can be found at Dr. B. Cruz. And also pursue PT now. All right. Thank you again and signing off.